0: Y'all. Today is the Monday of the week, I guess, for lack of a better way of putting that. CJ here, and this is the sound of black and brown. How are you all doing today? You all good? Everybody good? Everybody doing well? How'd you enjoy the day yesterday? Did you wear white? Did you have a cookout? Did you go to a cookout? Did you cook anything? I don't know. Just asking. How do you feel about Labor Day? What do you think about, if anything, when you hear the term Labor Day? So on today's episode, we're going to be talking about that. And I see our friend Manny Camacho has arrived. How are you doing, Manny?
1: I'm here. I'm here.
0: (laughs) Oh, Oh my God, Manny. Come on. Yesterday was Labor Day. Yay no yeah (laughs) oh my god all right so um as enthusiastic as Monty is i mean he's just bursting today could y'all feel that like he's just you know Monty, calm down like what's wrong with you like what a labor day enthusiast so um okay so quick history on labor day real fast let's let's talk about that really here all right, and you could Bing it if you want to come for us. You could go ahead and do it. I'm going to read it right from Bing. I put in a search for History of Labor Day USA. All right, check it. Labor Day is a federal holiday in the United States that is celebrated on the first Monday of September of the year. It is a day to honor and recognize the contributions and achievement of American workers to the country's strength, prosperity, and well-being. I'm cracking up because some way, somehow, I got a sense that Manny had that smile like the Grinch just now when I read that because I don't know about everybody else, but I read that sentence like, really? The holiday has its roots in the late 19th century when labor activists pushed for a federal holiday to recognize the many contributions workers have made to America's economy. The first Labor Day was celebrated on Tuesday, September 5th, 1882. In New York City, in accordance with the plans of the Central Labor Union. Now, I'm gonna pause there for a second. I'm just gonna pump brakes right there. Okay, all right. <laughs> I'm gonna read this as well. The status of blacks was the local, the focal problem. Sorry, of Reconstruction. Slavery had been abolished by the Thirteenth Amendment, but the white people in the South were determined to keep the black population in their place socially, politically, economically. This was done by means of the notorious black codes passed by several state legislators. Northerners regarded these codes as a revival of slavery in disguise. The first such body of statutes and probably the harshest was passed in Mississippi in November 1865 during reconstruction. In several states in the south, former Whigs formed the conservative party. However, a little later, white southerners showed a steadfast commitment to ensuring supremacy and the survival of plantation culture. In the post-war years, support for reconstruction policies waned after the early 1870s, undermined by the violence of white supremacist organizations such as a Ku Klux Klan. Now this is pretty much gonna be, for whatever reason I wasn't able to put the description for today's show in, but this is basically the description box for today's show. I'm gonna pause right there. I could feel fumes coming from Fairhaven. Manny, are those fumes coming from you? Talk to me, Manny. How do you feel about what I just said? All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do we need to check your blood pressure?
1: Is... <laughs> I'm just asking. <laughs> I, I think so. Uh you know I have such a problem. I I really do. I have such a problem. uh with the way that Labor Day is celebrated. Um because you know you know how I see Labor Day, right? I, I see I, I wanna
0: know. Day. That's what I wanna. Let's start with that. <laughs> Let let's all right, we're all gonna breathe with Manny, everybody <sighs> Alright, as you know. But how do you see Labor Day, Manny? Let's start I, there.
1: I see Labor Day the same way I see the 4th of July, right? Uh, and here's what I mean by that. It's where, you know, you have these two holidays where they each have their own individual meaning and history, why they're important, et cetera, et cetera, right? But... For one reason or another, in today's society, and has been for, I would go on and say, most recent decades, these holidays that have had such meaning and, and, you know, and historical context are now just holidays for consumerism. I mean, you know, you have Labor Day sale, and, and then Fourth of July sales, and then there's beer, and the cookouts, and, like no one really knows what you're celebrating It literally has just become a holiday uh for consumerism, a holiday that contributes to capitalism like it's it's just it's literally it's become nothing okay uh and, and I hate that we don't actually sit here as a country right as a people and say, okay, what actually is Labor Day, right? What is it? Why do we have it? What led up to having it, right? Why was it even created, okay? And then look at its creation, but then who exactly it applied to? Because here we are celebrating it, Right? We're there, we're in the cookouts, we're in the sun, we're eating burgers and hot dogs and, and enjoying the day off of work and school and all this other stuff, right? We love it. But, you don't know what the day actually means. Right? And, and I, I just, it gets me so mad. It, just, <laughs> it really does. When people are like, oh yeah, I'm celebrating Labor Day, I'm having a cookout. What? That doesn't, that doesn't even make sense. <laughs> like, no, no, no. So many levels. No, no. <laughs>
0: no it, I love I love it. I love it. But, all right, since you, your blood pressure is already high, right, I figure while you're here, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to just go ahead and add to it. <laughs> you ready? <laughs> <laughs> Why are people working on Labor Day?
1: <laughs> oh, jeez. Listen, oh my god. It's, right, because you have, you have where, you know, students are off of school for Labor Day, right? Some, some, some people don't have work on Labor Day. A lot of people still have work on Labor Day, right? It's, it has become such a contradiction of itself. Right. Labor Day and its creation was supposed to celebrate uh, workers rights and, and their contributions to the country, et cetera, et cetera. All that nice stuff. Right. Let's be honest. Again, who are we talking about when we're talking about celebrating the workers? We're talking about celebrating the white workers at the time. That was it. That's as plain as it gets. Anyone wants to argue with that there's something wrong with you. OK, uh, <laughs> so. That's who it was celebrating, all right? Um, so, yeah, and this celebration of workers, right, and showing their appreciation and the gratitude for the contributions, you know, of all, all the people in the labor workforce, um, thus was created this day of gratitude, right? Labor Day. But, again, People of color weren't included in that, like, appreciation, right, uh, of their contributions to the workforce. Um, a lot of professions at the time.
0: Manny, can I pause you right there for the people who don't yeah. know? Because you're raising a huge, huge point that I want people to really hear what you're saying. I love it. What do you mean when you say it wasn't really for us? Talk about that for a second.
1: Oh, absolutely so okay um so you understand at the time that labor day was created right um labor day was created as unions are beginning to strengthen themselves again right but these unions understand that these unions were comprised of caucasian workers that's that's really that's what it was Alright, um, and so this is shortly after, you know, they're strengthening themselves after the 1870s recession, right? Um and so what are they starting to ask, right? Oh, we want more appreciation, we want more, you know, improvements and to our work day because they're working really crazy hours, all this stuff, right? These Caucasian people are complaining because they're, you know, Conditions weren't right and they wanted better benefits and they wanted more security in the the workforce, all this stuff, right? Mind you, mind you, keep in mind, let's just look at history. This isn't something you have to dig for. At this same time that they're complaining about their conditions of working, right? About all the things that are wrong with the workforce and how it's not fair and this and that, whatever people of color had even worse working conditions. On top of that, right? Oh,
0: Manny, I'm sorry. I'm raising my hand at the back of the class. <laughs> oh, brother. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You came with fire today. But, but Manny, Mr. Camacho, whatever do you mean that these people of color had worse working conditions? Gasp. Well, whatever <laughs> do you mean? Do tell.
1: Right. So, you know, um here, here you have the Caucasian people, right? They're working eight-hour days, et cetera, et cetera. They're not getting paid what they want to pay, I'll you know, get paid and everything. But around this time in history, right, mind you, slavery just ended 1865, all right? This is... 20 30 years at most before this right not long okay and and historical context that's like five years okay it's literally it the slavery just ended all right so you have these newly freed slaves right who are now trying to enjoy this newfound freedom, quote unquote, that they have, right? Because, again, not really free, but whatever. That's a whole different thing. And so they enter their workforce and the jobs that they're able to get, right? Um, A lot of these jobs are things, again, they're still working on farms and crops and harvesting, stuff like that. That's actually, I mean comprised of a lot of the workers you know people of color they still stood in those jobs because why it was the only thing they ever knew how to do right again slavery just ended so this is all they were really you know experienced in in those types of jobs so they, they stay in them other people branch out to some other uh, job right or could get absolutely um now mind you right here we go here we go here we go These Caucasian workers are starting to complain. Oh, you know, we have eight-hour days or sometimes 10-hour days, whatever, whatever. We don't get paid. We only have a little bit of benefits. But you have the colored workers, right, who are working 14, 15, 16, 17 hours, right, 17-hour days, getting paid, I mean, if, it's even a fifth or a quarter of what the Caucasian workers, sometimes they weren't getting paid at all. That's also very, very, very factual. Not getting paid, all right? Yeah, they're not in slavery, but they're still working 17, 18 hour days, no pay. All right? Um, so on top of that, there's no unions from They're not in a union. No, absolutely not. They're not in a union, okay? So they can't even, you know, how these Caucasian workers and and their unions, where they get to sit at the negotiation table, right, with their employers and everything, or or you know, sit there uh, with their unions and appeal to the legislators, right? No, no, people of color couldn't. Absolutely not. They didn't have no union backing. They didn't have those really big you know, uh, support groups that would go there with them and, you know, there's a bunch of them demanding the same thing. No, 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 that wasn't happening, right? Here you have these Caucasian workers, they're getting all you know, mad and upset and, you know, the things are outrageous for us and all these things, right? But the colored workers at the time had working conditions that were tenfold worse you know and they're not going around and you know trying to appeal to the legislators and oh we want a, a holiday after us and and gratitude and no nope why because they unfortunately this is this is a sad point they knew they couldn't they could not go up to the legislators and and demand a holiday. I was just them. about
0: to say that I'm listening to you talking. I just want to jump in real quick. I love what you're saying, right? The one thing I'd add though, in my opinion as someone not born here who was taught about Labor Day a little differently, is the fact that, in my opinion, slavery didn't end. It got revised. Right. Listen to what Manny just said. Still working the long hours. Still having to do more. Still having to meet that standard that only existed for us. But did it really change, Manny, is another question.
1: No. <laughs> no. Not at all. It, like you said... It gets revised, right? It, as generations come along, as society advances and evolves, these deep rooted systems that were put in place just get refined so that they can keep operating as the country goes on as society advances as people start to become aware and so when people start to become aware oh no now the system's at jeopardy what do you do you refine it (laughs) so it can keep going right so yeah um obviously you know people look like me and you are not right now only limited to working on a farm and working in the fields okay that's nice (laughs) But, what are, you know, you still have, uh, people of color who are absolutely working really, really long days and the pay, oh my gosh, the pay discrepancies are absolutely nothing but exploitative. That's literally that's what it comes down to. It's expectation.
0: Yeah, that's a, I love that word because it went from like one version of slavery, right? Where you had no right to talk back. You had no right to say anything. And then we get the ability to actually speak. But then it's like, nah, you all doing too much. Now let's pause right there, Manny. Talk about the Black Codes. What do you know about that?
1: oh black codes (sighs) yeah a very very uh just terrible (laughs) terrible 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 part of history so okay so slavery ends 1865 and really kind of got pushed to like 1866 67 around there you know because southern states were really reluctant to you know get rid of their their's slaves. So whatever, slavery ends, right? Now you have this, okay, I'm going to put in quotation, freedom, right? For uh, black and brown people. And so what do the Southern states do, right? Cause now that slavery is outlawed, right? On a federal level, And they very much, hello, civil war happened, right? They were, they were really, really insistent on not, you know, losing their slaves, right, or losing the power over their slaves. So what do they do? They start to create the laws that would still allow them to have that control, that power over the black and brown population. Right. So this was there. This was pretty much the southern states way of saying, OK, you're, again, in quotation, free. But let's see just how much you'll be able to operate and function in our states when we put these laws into place. Right. And so they create these laws and. I mean, geez, it, it restricted from the right to own property, the right to conduct business, to buy and lease land, even, even to be able, it, it restricted their ability to move freely to public spaces.
0: It's like a different type of slavery, right? Absolutely. Like a wholly different version of slavery. Right I don't know if people really understand what that meant, manny you know what i'm saying i I don't know if they really acknowledge that level of hate
1: yeah it's it's i mean you you have to think about like I actually think about this these these people in power in the southern states right. Even people who weren't in power, we're talking about just regular Caucasian citizens in these southern states, right? They lose the ability to have another human being be their slave. Okay? They lose it, it's outlawed. So they literally band together with all the hate that they had and said, We are still going to do everything possible. We are literally going to create new laws to continue having them be under our control. Like we are going to reject and deny and control any possibility of actual freedom that the black and brown population can have. You have to think about that. I mean, they, they literally spent hours and days and months i'm listening
0: to to you like (laughs) i don't think people understand like they really like you're saying it they fucking poured over this shit man they sat there and they said "Nah, fuck that fuck that you have no rights manny nah 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 no you ready it's the part we've been waiting for manny all right flexing muscles now take a quick stretch Ready? Check your blood pressure, Manny. Because I, I have a funny, funny feeling. You're about <laughs> uh, lay it, to lay it all the way out here. <clears throat> Let me adjust my tone to be a little more formal, like on a game show. All right, Mr. Camacho. What, if any, connection is there between the Black Codes and Labor Day? Mm. Oh, I came for you tonight. (laughs) I came for you tonight. Do it.
1: Go there. Wow. 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 Okay. Wow. Okay. That's so good. That that just. (laughs) All right. So, right. So we talked about. I mentioned how Labor Day, right, the creation of Labor Day, where these Caucasian workers saying, "Oh, here these jobs are working." You know, we want better benefits for them. We have unions for these jobs and this workforce, right? Uh We don't want to be working all these crazy hours and not have sufficient pay. Like, all these complaints, right? Blah, blah, blah. Making these jobs better for themselves. All right. So, here come, right, the Black Codes, right? And literally, again, one of these Black Codes were that states... Literally, criminalized men who are out of work or who are not working at a job.
0: Let me use a term in there for you, Manny. It was called vagrancy.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. Vagrancy. Vagrancy law. Anybody who just tuned in, if your stomach's off, you might want to log off because if you're fragile, if you're a fragile white person, you know, I don't know what to tell you. We're not going to hold it back. One other thing I just want to clarify. No, he's not talking about Florida. We'll get there. Go ahead,
1: Manny. <laughs> so, right. So, so these vagrancy laws, right, were introduced. And so they criminalized men who were out of work or who were not working at a job that the white people recognized as a job. For kind of mean, nothing. like,
0: what happens with the undocumented immigrants?
1: Absolutely. I'm, I'm just
0: asking for a friend. I'm asking for a friend, I promise.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Right? And so, again, so so they create these vagrancy laws, right, that say, okay, one, if you're not working, you're, like, pretty much you're going to jail. Okay, you're going to jail, That's it. like, you're not contributing anything, you're going to jail. But also, if you are working but you're not working at a job that we feel like you should be working in, you're also going to a <laughs> job. So, so they create these, things. you have to laugh because it's like, these people were serious about this. Like That's how much control they wanted, all right? So again, but then fast forward, just a few years, few years right after, after these vagrancy laws are created, you have these unions of white workers and they're complaining, oh, okay, we are working these jobs, but we don't feel like they're good enough for us. We don't feel like, you know, we should be working these, blah, 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 blah whatever. Okay. But again, and neither of those, not a single one of those discussions, right? Were black and brown people even, I, I mean, it, it I
0: don't know if I say even I'm laughing, but I'm not <laughs> laughing. It wasn't funny like ha ha is a joke funny. This shit was fucking real. Right? No, it is. It was disgusting real. Like I could feel your blood pressure going up, but continue <laughs> because people need to understand and I'm you know, he's not talking about right now. Believe it or not, we haven't even gotten to 2023 yet. We're still Right, aware. right. Where yes. are we? We're in 1870? We're in
1: 1870. Yes. There you go. Continue. So, right, in any of these union talks, these negotiations, this, the conversation, you know, create a holiday to show our appreciation for all the contributions of the workforce that we're making, right, the we being the white workers, and all of these discussions, right, not a single one even erred on the, the side of, of even giving the slightest bit of acknowledgement that there was an entire workforce that was working in severely, severely worse conditions than the, the workers who were holding these negotiations. Right? And who was talking about the creation of a day to show gratitude. Right? No, it was only gratitude to the white workers and the negotiators were to the benefit of the white workers. Right? Black and brown people, I mean, they could have cared less. Okay? So, but then again, that's reflected. Right? That's reflected in these vagrancy laws. Right? That they, Really, they really wanted to retain that power, right, that control, and then just completely disregard. I mean, yeah, please, to have any of them admit that a black or brown worker actually contributed to society, please, they'd actually rather die. That's the truth of it. They would rather die.
0: Oh, my Sounds like it was racist. <laughs> oh my, 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 Manny. Hmm. Hmm. Now here's another one. I-, I came for you today. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. I, I did. I did. We, you know he's a nice guy, man. But every now and again, we had to get him going because I'm with you. I'm with you. What the fuck you all doing barbecuing? What the fuck are you barbecuing? Dead ass. Now, yeah. we'll, we'll creep up to 2023. But one thing I want you to stop at and inform us on. What role do you find or know or however we want to put it, did conservatism play in this, quote, transition? Oh,
1: jeez. Oh, boy. <laughs> Whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay. (laughs) Well, so, um, right. So (laughs) here we talk about, first of all, just as basic as it gets, we're already talking about the southern states. Okay. Literally the heart, the soul, the lungs, (laughs) the brain, the everything of conservatism. Okay. Is the southern states, right? Uh, that has remained true forever, okay, even now, right? So, these southern states, they introduce the black codes, okay? They, on top of the black codes, they go ahead and they say, okay, we white workers want to be recognized for our contributions. That's it, no one else, no one else, no one else. Just us white workers. That's it, okay. And we also want better benefits. We also want better working conditions. No one else. No one else. Just us white workers, okay. So you have that, right? Again, if you can't identify the conservatism in that itself, uh, well, where have you been, okay? <laughs> but on top of that, okay, black codes get introduced. 1870s Reconstruction okay um this now we're getting into uh reconstruction and the jim crow laws right jim and but not the jim crow laws that we're talking about when you say okay you know uh, 1960s right people think oh jim crow 1950 1960 no 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 no. you gotta understand something all right 18 uh, 1877 okay really marked the beginning of the Jim Crow era right Jim Crow didn't just magically appear 1950s 1960s no 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 right Jim Crow right the era of Jim Crow really started earlier right 1877. So now you might be like, okay, well, why, you know, what what happened? 1877. Why are you saying it started then? Okay. And and, and here's the, the 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 tie into conservatism, right? Again, for people who are familiar with 1950s, 1960s, Jim Crow, right? Hello, what what was the basis of that? Right, was to provide these laws and you know and all these policies or whatever to restrict and to control and control um, the freedom right again do you see do you see the pattern here right after the Civil Rights Act right and giving black and brown people <laughs> more rights more freedom what's introduced more laws. Control them, more laws to restrict them. Right? Again, we saw this just a hundred years before that. Slavery so ends it, what happens? Black codes introduced. Control, restrict, limit freedom of black and brown people. 1960s happened, what happens? Policies, laws to control, restrict, and limit the freedom of black and brown people. You have to see the pattern. You have to. You have to, have to see the pattern. And why is this pattern being sustained? Why does it keep happening? Conservatism. The conservatives in the South want to retain and sustain the power that they had, right? Not just that they had over black and brown people, but that they had in general. You have to understand that especially come nineteen sixties, right? Now black I mean if if they thought black and brown people, you know, were beginning to be a threat after the abolishment of slavery, now that they were given more rights come nineteen sixties, oh yeah, now black and brown people are a real threat, right? It's a threat to the the ability of conservatives right, to sustain the power and the control that they had in this country, right, because you start seeing, right, you start seeing the rise of black and brown people, right, and the power that they had, and and the the, the unification that they had, right, this was a threat to conservatism in the United States, because they felt, literally, they felt the power the grip of power that they had slowly but surely loosening from their grip. It, it was like slipping out of their hands. And that that was the biggest fear of conservatives in the United States. That was the biggest threat to conservatism in the United States. Was that black and brown people. Were gaining much more freedom. But on top of that freedom. They were beginning to unite even more. And what do we know about conservative America? They cannot stand. When black and brown people unite. Because when black and brown people unite. As we all know we get things done. We can get a lot done. <laughs> we can make some changes. So, conservatism, right? 1860s, 70s, we saw Black Codes introduced, blah, 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 1877, beginning of Jim Crow era, right? Um, conservatism still, you know, reigning supreme, right? Yeah, slavery's abolished, but Again, black and brown people don't have uh, many of the freedoms that they end up getting, or the rights that they end up getting in nineteen sixties, right? Almost a hundred years later. So conservatism still pretty big, still very powerful. Um, you you see, um, I mean, you, you see new vagrancy laws being passed um, between eighteen nineties all the way up to about. Uh, 1909, 1910, right? Um, and, and these are actually more severe than the previous vagrancy laws, right? Again, notice the pattern. Conservatism wants to stay in power, wants to sustain the control that they have. What do they do? They control limit uh, as, as much as possible, and they do that through legislation. Right um and so these new laws come into place, right they use vague terms so that you know uh, it, it grants power to police officers enforcing you know these laws right um, then you had oh, Jesus I mean <laughs> during that time also comes up the the pig laws that's a whole ridiculous. Ridiculous let thing.
0: me jump in there. Let me throw in some perspective. You you just hit a huge fucking nail as as always. Come on now, are we surprised? No. So folks, let me give you some perspective here because we spoke about slavery and the impact of slavery. He talked about you know how that black code and the Jim Crow laws. You know, picture this: picture slaves going from working on the cotton fields, and then here comes. You know this whole revolutionary Labor Day situation, and as he said, unfortunately they don't get to enjoy the fruits of that of their own labor. Now, although Latin Americans, Latinx people lived in the United States since the 16th centuries, it's in the early 1800s when the U.S. was uh, next to well, it annexed Florida, Louisiana, and the northern half of Mexico. Um, uh, over 100,000 Spanish-speaking residents became U.S. citizens, right? So right around then is when you start to see a bigger move. Now, more towards 1950, 1960, 1970, like he's describing, you're seeing more and more people from these Latin American countries coming across, right? Right? Because there's all kinds of different things happening. There was the gold rush. There was the Mexican war. But all the while, guess who kept conquering? (laughs) Guess who kept owning? Guess who kept, you know, pushing for their place, right? So here are people fighting for their freedom in their own countries, which were violated. Come in here, right? to get some type of release, some type of relief. Now, really, if you're wondering, well, how come in the 50s and the 60s, that's where we see the jump, right, of that move? Here's why. As he pointed out, after the war, World War II, right, you got to think about what happened before that. So let's, let's go back to what Manny said. You had all these slaves working out there, then you had, you know, Labor Day is formed and everything. They're trying to find workers' rights, blah, 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 all these things. And then here comes World War II. Now, due to the devastation and the lives lost, it faced a problem in the labor market. Ha! So to make up for the lack of manpower, especially workers in the defense industries and agriculture, right? Guess what the United States did? It started to negotiate what's called guest worker programs with Mexico and various other West Indian colonies and countries. Do you hear that? Right? I'm going to just stop there. What's your thoughts on that, Manny? Talk to us.
1: yeah um you you're absolutely absolutely right um you know after or not even really after i mean even even during world war ii right um it, it was the uh hold on the name's gonna come to me the Bracero program that's what it was right. Uh and that that comes around uh nineteen forty two, I would say, right, nineteen forty two, right, um right in the midst of World War II. Um and anyway, right, it was it was this temporary worker um uh, importation agreement, you if you will, right, between the US and Mexico. Um, this program ended up going from, again, I think 1942, um, all the way up to 1964, I do know, into 1964, right? Um, but it was created, right, as, like, this emergency procedure, right, um, to <laughs> a- a- alleviate, These, these, the wartime labor shortages that were happening, right? Because you had all these people getting sent off to World War II, right? And again, again, let's, let's be very, very clear and very transparent here. The main, you know, these, these workforce, um, these jobs, right? Were jobs that were held by, um, black and brown people, but also, you know, the white people. And, and again, these people were getting shipped off to war. So who was going to work these jobs? Right. So then they say, OK, well, we have to start getting new workers. And so what do they do? They say, OK. Well, we need to import them. right? And so what's the closest country to us? Right. That they knew, you know, the, that if they reached out to The workers would jump at the opportunity to come over here, Mexico. Right? And so they start importing all these, you know, uh, foreign workers, right? And uh, what was the total number? I think it was like, it might have been, I think it was like four and a half million, right? Mexican workers between you know from the creation in the 19 early 1940s all the way up to 1964 four and a half million Mexican workers right that were imported that were brought into the United States to do this 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 worker program right um but keep in mind that it was always temporary Right? It was a temporary employment. And it was per year. Right? So they would take these workers. Right? Kind of it, it, I hate to use this analogy, but this is kind of really what it was. It was like they were placing an order for workers. All right? They would request human beings we brought over so that they can place them in these jobs okay
0: no I think you said it great I really do I think that saying that the workers were imported is right on point because remember it's in 1965 when they would go and adjust actually the immigration law in this country to make it less restrictive so that they could import labor Mm-hmm. Fight me on it. Not you, Manny, but you know what I mean.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. So you're right. So,
0: you know, so yeah. So they are,
1: start importing, right, all these workers. And, and mind you, there's no, they're not providing these workers uh, security in the sense that you're coming to this country, to replace, replacing you in the job, but we're being very clear, letting like, you know it's only temporary, and it's on a per year basis. So at any moment, regardless of the fact that we imported you here, <laughs> we brought you here, right, and we got you a job. We want you to know, um, yeah, don't get comfortable, right? This, this could, yeah, no, no benefits, no pension, because it's temporary, right? At any moment it, you're done we we can very well say all right, thank you 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 know you you filled the space uh and now we don't need you anymore right that's very much how it was so um so like you said right they they uh ended up fixing the immigration law to come nineteen sixty five but that's because you know, uh, from early 1940s all the way up to, uh, I think about 1960 or ni- 1959, 1960, right? Uh, those two years, 1959, 1960, numbers really began to have like a steady decline, right? And so, you know, now, now the United States is starting to see the decline and they're starting to say, Well, whoa, 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 whoa. You know, like what what can we do to keep this going? Right? What can we do to get more of these imported workers because the numbers that we're receiving and, and that are staying and they're doing it is starting to decline. Right. And so obviously it takes, you know, five, six years later, you know, after that steady decline for them to actually say, okay, let's, let's do something, right? Let's, let's fix the immigration, uh, laws, uh, to make it easier, right? Um,
0: right. And it wasn't just, I just want to add this piece too. We're talking about the drastic restrictions that was, uh, was there. They're fixing that so that it's easier for people from asia africa europe Mm -hmm. right to get here see so i want people to understand that it's not like folks just came here because they were bored you know this was encouraged for Mm -hmm. very self-serving reason i would say wouldn't you say
1: absolutely
0: wouldn't you? I mean, like, seriously. Now, here's something else, right? Let let's just move for you know, let's talk about your boy Donald Trump. A day ago, your friend Joe Biden, um, <laughs> in his speech, his Labor Day speech, right, he blasted Donald Trump on jobs. How you feel about that?
1: Yeah. Uh, um. jeez. Ah, um. <laughs> Let me see. I I'm, I'm trying to organize my thoughts of this. Let's let's see. So All right. <laughs> let's, let's let's take this apart. So let's look at the Trump administration. Right. Um the Trump administration, okay, uh, when it was all said and done, numbers are added up, statistic data, all that good stuff, right? All that came out. Um, under his administration, and yeah, people might say all oh, the different factors were, th- listen, just plain, simple, bottom line, the economy lost almost 3 million jobs, all right? Uh, unemployment, I think it increased by, like, um, I think it went from, like, one, one and a half percentage to, like, six, almost six and a half, right? Maybe not six and a half, maybe it was probably six, six point three, six point four, but round whatever. It went from one and a half to about six and a half okay unemployment rate um so yeah, quite a jump um, you had you had you know where he did the stimulus checks that did actually much more worse for the economy than it did benefit right because Paychecks were growing faster than the, uh, you know, average inflation rate and cycle, right? So what did that do? Ended up pushing inflation, the inflation cycle much more faster than it needed to be, right? Um, and so that just absolutely threw us, right, as an economy, Um i mean the the international trade deficit ended up going up right trump said he was going to reduce it nope that did not happen right uh the last time it was that high was like 2008 you know and then you know again got high back in 2020 <laughs> right so uh yeah it is like Jeez, he he did a lot. He did a lot of damage, okay? Uh, he did not help the economy, like, at all, really. <laughs> I, I'm trying to think of maybe something that went good in the economy. No, no, not really. <laughs> the Trump administration did not do good.
0: I mean, if it makes you feel better, Manny, we had some decent weather days. During his tenure, I mean, there were some nice days, some nice afternoons. Um, You know, (laughs) (laughs) that's the best we could do with that. Like facts, you know.
1: (laughs) Listen, it was like, listen, so many things just did not go good.
0: No, it really didn't, right? So on one hand, I don't blame Joe, right? But on the other hand, it's like, I look at the American community, I'm like, what will it take? What would it really take? I'm going to read this here from Essence Magazine, right? Let me pull it up really quick. I found this article from Essence Magazine. um, This Labor Day, let's finally honor black women's labor by paying them fairly. So I'll just read a bit from it. This country's economy could not function without the labor of black women. Yet our economy was built to marginalize them. It's time for our leaders to support them by passing policies that will improve their financial security like the Paycheck Fairness Act. While the 1963 Equal Pay Act theoretically codified gender pay equity, loopholes in the legislation have long allowed employers to continue their discriminatory pay practices. The Paycheck Fairness Act introduced by Senator Pat Murray and Representative Rosa DeLore in March would remedy these gaps through measures like banning employers from retaliating against workers for discussing their salaries, prohibiting employers from screening applicants by salary history and requiring employers to prove that any pay discrepancy is legitimately job related. All of these steps would provide an outsized positive impact for black women given their lower pay for the same work compared to other groups. Black women historically work for pay at higher rates than any other group of women. This is evidenced by this group's labor force participation rate the highest amongst all women. And when unemployment for black workers soared during the pandemic, they still remained at that level of attachment to the American workforce. Even during an ongoing childcare crisis exasperated by the pandemic, black mothers work more than any other group With a 2020 labor force participation rate of 76%, several percentage points above any other major female demographic. Let me tell you all something, just in case you didn't know. Despite all of that, black women are continually underpaid. Making 64 cents on each dollar, a white man is paid. You see what the young man started off saying. He took you all through the whole timeline. He took you through history. He spoke about slavery. Man, he started at talking about slavery because it's facts. How the fuck you all celebrating this shit, showing up to people barbecue, bringing bears and chicken and shit. And you still didn't get the paycheck that your ancestors missed out on. And even to this day, we're still fighting. I said it before, I'll say it again, and I'll keep saying it. Y'all need to hug these black women. Hug them. We carry a lot of shit on our backs. Slavery, we carried. We got beaten, raped, assaulted, exploited, left out, shoved out, you name it, it happened. Throughout the labor movement, throughout slavery, to this day, we still out there working hard and treated like shit. Look what he just said about this thing with Donald Trump. It's true. Right? He what the fuck did he do for our economy? What did he do for jobs? Where did he say, okay, let's bring back things like the trade schools? Let's meet people where they're at. Let's actually for once address literacy rates the correct way. Right? Let's do things like not create schools that look like prisons. To me, now we talk about education reform, right? Part of the problem that also affected black people, the slaves, who just said, oh, yes, yeah, slavery is over. But really, they went into a new form of slavery. You got to think about something Manny pointed out. Not only the fact that they didn't have the work experience, right? Because logistically speaking, they were picking cotton, working in the house you know, being servants, leading, you know, the cattle. They weren't doing jobs where they're being educated to advance. If you got further in it, it was because they liked you, not because of your skill set or any other reason. It's because you allowed them to maintain control for the most part. Okay? You gotta think, put that in perspective for a second. Right? Imagine you hear you're thinking that you're free and all these people here, like he said, the white people, because look at where it happened, right? Hence the reason why we spoke on conservatism, because you got to pay attention. I said this. We spoke about this recently. We, we did a whole episode on conservatism. It is one of the key ingredients, if not the backbone of white supremacy. Do not fool yourself and think that only Republicans are conservative. We have a lot of conservative Dems with masks on. Their masks are on. In 2023, right here, right now, we have black women overworked and underpaid. Stigmatized as fuck. Okay? Stigmatized as fuck. Our standards of performance are automatically higher. Our expectations through the gate were judged. Right? You could have... The best abilities you could be the smartest one in the room but if you don't fit their so-called standard the fact that there's a whole fucking bill being proposed by uh, uh you know and thankfully because it needs to happen i'm not saying it shouldn't happen but in 2023 huh we're still trying to get gender pay equity and the most impacted are black women I'm gonna ask you the question again, Manny. Black codes on Labor Day. How you feel about it? Not that we said all that.
1: I just, <laughs> I wish that people, before celebrating a holiday, any holiday, any holiday, before you go and turn on your grills. Invite all your friends and family, <laughs> and, you know, enjoy that day off work if you have it, if you're not still working on that day, right? Before you do all that, <laughs> right? Where the colors associated with those holidays, right? Before you do any of that, I would just hope that you... Please, please understand what the holiday is. Why it was created. I'm not saying go do a whole history lesson. All right, that's fine. But a quick, quick Google search. You don't need to do a deep dive. A quick Google search. Look it up. See what it's about. Just read a summary of the creation. Just a quick. Not look at the video. Something. But before you engage in, you know, the capitalistic consumerism that each holiday carries, right, just just know a little bit, <laughs> at the very least, please. The
0: education is key, Manny. Yes, I mean, just... I love that you're saying it. Here's one for you before we close out. You ready? Told you I thought about you before the show. Could you tell? <laughs> Would you say... That blackness and Latinidad are mutually exclusive. Hmm. Hmm. I would say they're not. No. I would say that there's so much that, look at what we just spoke about. Look at that. Because they, what did they do with the Latinad people? You imported them. Mm -hmm. Same as you did with the black slaves, man. Yeah. It was the same shit. Same story, different cast. Look at what's going on in Florida. Look at how much what you just said. And I, I'm telling you, if if you listen to parts of what you said earlier, Manny, you would swear you're talking about Florida. You'd swear you're talking about America right now. Am I right or wrong? That's true. What the fuck changed? Really? The plantation is still there. We have a lot of plantations out there. We still have black and brown people being abused on the job being not paid well not treated well you're working on that job for all these years you can't even get that little promotion that you even wanted Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. no opportunities for advancement yep right okay they're finding a problem with everything from the music you listen to to how you wear your hair the fact that we have to pass a whole fucking bill just to be able to wear our fucking hair right so did the black codes and manny or did they just get revised? I feel like they got revised.
1: Well, yeah, like, like that, that one statement I made, right, is the way that conservatism has prided itself on being sustained is that as society advances, as the world evolves, and you know as generations come along, what do they do? They look at whatever weaknesses they might develop with this, you know, new society, new new generations, and they refine it and they make it modern so that just as, you know, those weaknesses are being explored and discovered, they cover it up, refine it, they modernize it, and we are none the wiser.
0: No, because we're not educating ourselves, you see. Mm -hmm. We're tired. Mm -hmm. We're tired. And you see, when they do things like, I don't know, treat our people, exploit them in different ways from being athletes to celebrities. We're paid slaves. But then when we get up and we stand up and we say, nah, I want to run my own shit, we're a problem now. We're a problem now. You're problematic. Right? What the fuck is wrong with you, Manny? What you mean you want to do your own thing? Mm -hmm. right what you mean michael jordan you you got to go back out there what you mean you're retiring what's wrong with you you're not supposed to do that right when they cannot control and conquer us what do they do they try to tear us the fuck down we have to get wiser and i think that one of the key ingredients here right because for us to really get rid of these black codes in truth we got to participate more Mm
1: -hmm. we
0: got to demand a change more we got to get up and say nah we should have a four-day work week. What's wrong with a four-day work week? I missed the days when stores were closed on Sundays. I, I can't lie. Commercialization of everything is how they maintain yep. these codes. just so you know. Look at what they did. I mean, all right, the price of milk during Trump's era, remember? When the price of milk and the price of gas were almost the same. Why? Oh because he was so busy trying to build a fucking wall. What did I say earlier? Who did they turn to to work in those sectors after World War II? Mhm. So before you get on this bandwagon, one of the things um that has come in my direction lately, Manny, and it really fucking pissed me off is uh this happened on Sunday. I was having breakfast with a friend. And um someone they knew popped up um and he they were talking these two guys were talking, my friend and his friend. And, you know, if you don't know me, you'll probably try to guess where she's from. But I'll always know a trumpet. You know why? Because when they start talking about not being friends with Spanish people, that's how they say it, right? And, nah, uh, you know, them, them, them people in Fairhaven, man. That kind of shit. I don't fuck with Fairhaven. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever heard that. Yep. And so he started talking about that because we were talking about the election. I don't even know how that came up, dead ass. But that's the thing with Trumpets, right? You don't have to bring it up. They'll bring it up for you.
1: Yes.
0: And I really want people to understand. Let me say it again. Blackness and Latinidad is not mutually exclusive. Stop letting these motherfuckers play these mental games with you. They want us to hate each other. They want you to get upset about certain things and make it a huge thing because it's a nice distraction from their bullshit. Believe that. So when you're sitting there and making comments about Fair Haven, or maybe not Fair Haven, Connecticut, maybe you're talking about the border and you're saying, well, you know, we would have more jobs, Manny, if these immigrants would stop crossing the border. Don't you know you should ask yourself, why the fuck do they show you images of people crossing the border, literally? I wonder, Manning, if people knew how many people buy a plane ticket and just travel to America and just stay. What do you think people will think when they see that, that type of migration? You think it will occur to them that perhaps maybe it's not just at the border? Because, you know, the white media paints the picture for the conservatives to thrive by, right? And you and I have spoken about this before, because to us, right, and people like-minded, it's like, how the fuck is Ron DeSantis on TV? How is he on TV? You see what I'm saying? But when you talk about black codes and Labor Day, he's the kind of person that comes to my mind as to why We're still having these conversations. People Mm. like him, people like Donald Trump, we could go on and on, your friend Mitch McConnell. You know what I mean? We could go down the line, right? And what we need the black and brown people to do is recognize two things. You see, when we come together, the government shits itself. It does, all right? But not just the government, but the white supremacists and the conservatives, and I'm saying that separately because, as we've said it repeatedly, don't think they're not conservative Democrats. Y'all need to really sniff the Kool-Aid on that one. And they're dangerous. They're very, very dangerous. They're the reason why your gun lawyers are fucked. They're the reason why your schools don't get rebuilt properly. They're the reasons why you have to explain why you need streetlights in the hood. Because to them, you know, they're very conservative. You only should maintain certain things. You see, they're dangerous, and they're not just Republicans. So, Manny, that said, what are your closing thoughts for tonight?
1: Yeah. Um, again, I would urge that people, before you celebrate things, before before you engage in any activity, right, that uh, revolves around a celebration or appraisal of something, right? Um, anything like that, right? That might have a, a historical uh, origin or source or something. Just just educate yourself. Just some education, right? Um, because as time moves on, the true meaning and the, the creation story and a lot of those really, really important factors of a lot of these holidays and events, and so on and so forth, gets blurred or just gets forgotten, you know, as it becomes so normal to celebrate. So, you know, educate yourselves. After educating yourself, see in what way is it appropriate to celebrate, if even, you know. Um, so that's what I urge people. But, uh, on a broader scale, you know, on a more overall level, uh, I, I simply want to urge people to, one, again, be aware that conservatism, uh, like, like CJ said, comes with so many different forms, shapes, colors, sizes, parties, affiliations, demographics, whatever, right? It's so deeply rooted uh in this country and has really run and guided this country for so long um, that it's it's impossible to ignore it and ignore the influence that it has so educate yourselves on that uh be weary and um you know uh, and more importantly. As you start to educate yourself and you start to become aware, right, and start to see things for what they truly are, start to take action against it. Like CJ said, when, when, when the black and brown people come together, as we've seen numerous times in history, whoa, do we make things happen? I, I don't know. Why so many people forget that? Right? It doesn't matter the era that we're in. Time after time again when black and brown people, blacks, Hispanics, Caribbean, people from other countries, right? When we come together, there has never been a time. Yeah, it may take a while, it may take a couple of years, whatever, but the point is we have almost we have never <laughs> not accomplished such great things and really have tackled such huge enemies and won. Most important thing to take from that is that we won a lot of those things. So just remember that, remember that, take pride in it, please take pride in it, right? And in every effort that you can, uh, try to sustain that, right? Uplift your friends and family, give them that hope, right, give yourself that hope. And hey, you'll see me, you'll see CJ, you'll see so many of us, we'll be on those front lines, if you can't be on those front lines, right, for whatever reason, know that we'll be there for you. Uh, and there's so many other ways you can help. So just keep on doing the great efforts. It takes all of us, every single one of us, to get the changes that we want.
0: Let me tell you something. I keep trying to tell you all. This is why. This is why. You heard what the young man just said. People. People my generation the one before me we got to put that pride aside and nurture our young people they have voices too look at all what he said earlier if you didn't have a chance to hear it all i i want you to rewind all right check it out listen to what he said okay they know so much but there's so much they want to learn and you see when we come together too when the younger ones come to the older ones and we come together we meet in that ground and we start to talk exchange ideas i never said we was going to agree might have a couple degrees of you know disagreement but when we could sit down and break bread and say yo we want to tackle this together that's what they're afraid of same follows for the black and brown people that's why we do what we do all right because our power comes when we come together Like he said, I don't know where the fuck this hate came from. I genuinely, I can't put my finger on it. It was taught. Let's not forget, colorism is a real thing. And in our own circle, we have people who, (laughs) and then they take that knife and just like that, right? I'm not saying you're going to be friends with everybody, okay? Boundaries are there for a reason. Let's be real here. But on the other side of that, let's be realistic at the America we know right now and ask yourself the question that we were talking about today. Let's talk about those Black Codes on Labor Day. What really changed? But is it that it changed or it got revised? Let's think about Manny and all the other people like young people like Manny, even the ones who aren't that involved. What have you been doing lately? to pique their interest there's different ways to get involved like he just said you don't want to get to the front line let us know we'll figure out something it's a simple thing you know I think people get distracted by what it looks like to get involved I'm not one for the camera if you know me you've been around me to see me on a live video and shit that's here near there I did not even put my camera on for zoom unless it's absolutely necessary I'm in the mood right? Like, it's it's not, I don't need to be seen. I don't need to be in the paper. Don't, don't get me wrong. Media coverage, the right media coverage, not the white media coverage is good. But what did Malcolm tell us about that media? The, (laughs) The cameras, who's narcotic? It's not mine. It's not yours. It's the white man's narcotic. All right. And sometimes, you know, we forget that. We also have to remember that we are the majority okay? We're a big part of the labor force. And we've carried that chain for a long fucking time. Yet, we are not represented. And part of that has to do with the education piece, because that piece right there that he was talking about, that's huge. And again, that's why we need to look at our young people and learn from them. You're never too old to learn. That's how I feel. I know that. I learn all kinds of shit You know, I learned about these color lights that change colors and shit. I thought that was amazing. That made me excited. I was like, wow, check that out, right? So don't feel offended by being corrected or learning. And if that's what's happening to you, when the conversation about equity, racism, white supremacy gets real, you might want to sit down and think about that. Why is that getting to you like that? Why are you getting mad when people bring that up? Why are you getting defensive? Why are you not receptive? Let's help Manny and those like Manny and our young people. Let's get them involved. This conservatism is dangerous. And it's starting to peak again. It's starting to get more blatant, right? And that's very, very dangerous. How far are you going to let it go before we end up like way back then? Look at countries that are heavily militarized. Is that what you really want? Is that what you really want to see happen? Because I'm going to tell you right now, if you want to sit here and talk shit or have nothing good to say about people like myself and Manny for what we do, they're crazy. They're emotional. She's a bitch. He just, you know, he likes to see himself. Whatever nonsense that you like to say to distract yourself from actually paying attention to reality, because this is reality. We're not making this up. That sounds like you need to do some self-reflection because there's a lot of horse shit happening right now. And the elections are coming around the corner. Uncle Biden is out there talking shit about Trump for a reason. Okay? I'm not saying he and I are BFFs. I'm saying get the fuck up and start talking to each other. All right? We are the labor movement. One of the biggest labor movements in history was slavery. And we don't hear about that. We're still waiting for that payout all right you owe us money black women are still being fucked up on the job all right we're not getting raped on the job most of us because i can't speak for everybody just saying when i get sexually assaulted like the you know master used to come and just do what he want with who he want beaten raped you know separated from your family all kinds of trauma i tell you black women know how to hide their trauma we had no choice so the brown women. We had no choice. We're not in a totem pole where our feelings count. And that all needs to change. And we could do that together. But to do that includes saying to ourselves, maybe today I need to be a little more open-minded. Maybe I shouldn't be so sensitive to hearing what should white people do. Maybe when they talk about conservatism, I shouldn't hold on to my, oh, but the democracy means maybe I need to listen. And maybe I need to realize times have changed and so have we. I can't thank you enough for all your continued support, empowerment, and solidarity. Please continue to like, subscribe, and share. We can't do what we do without you. You know Manny's going to be back. He's he's in it to win it. And we have a lot to say. All right. Feel free to check out the rest of our episodes. And also feel free to reach out if there's something in particular you want us to talk about. Say it again. We don't script anything. You heard his responses as I created questions. This was not scripted. Nobody was, you know, it's not like that. And that's fine. You know, you're hearing real talk from real people. All right. So what are you going to do about it? Are you going to sit there and just listen? Or are you going to actually say, you know what? Maybe today I actually want to see that gender pay equity. Maybe today I need to learn more about voting and what conservatism really is, you know, and why. Would we still have to be concerned about black codes right here, right now? And why we shouldn't be smiling and skinning our teeth and thinking Labor Day is so.